Yes, you are, and welcome on in. It is Ryan Hickey here with you on CBS Sports Radio on this Wednesday. Welcome in. Appreciate you joining us right here for a few minutes on CBS Sports Radio. We got a big one in the NFL on Sunday. So far, one of the games of the year, maybe the best game in most anticipated matchups so far this early season, is going to be Sunday night, Cowboys at the 49ers. And I thought Jerry Jones had some really interesting comments kind of get the week going here. He was on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas early this week, and he had some strong words, some complimentary words about his opponent right now in the 49ers. Take a listen. They are right now uh, probably the uh, most likely team to uh, go in the Super Bowl. And, uh, but in order for them to get there, they've got to go by us, uh, hopefully two times. Uh, if that's the way it falls in the playoffs, and we're in the playoffs. So Jerry Jones, right, is coming out and saying, hey, the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. They are the team to beat in the NFC. Look, the NFC, I'm picking the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl this year out of the NFC. I, though, would not say it runs through San Francisco. The Eagles are still the team to beat in the NFC. right? In order to beat the best, or I should say, in order to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? I think that motto holds a lot of weight here where if you truly want to be the king of the NFC, you got to beat the Eagles. 49ers are really talented. Again, that's the reason why I'm picking them. But also, I'm picking them with the thought of they got to beat Philly here in order to do so. And so even though I think right now the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, I still would say it's the four, uh, it's the Eagles conference to lose. And this to me is interesting because Jerry Jones is no dummy. He's not stupid. Everything he says is calculated. So I think he said that the 49ers and purposely said the 49ers here are the team to beat and are going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. And I think he said that because he's truly deep down Scared of the 49ers. I think he is deathly afraid right now of what San Francisco is and how his team matches up against them. I think if you put Jerry, Jerry Jones right now under a lie detector and ask him, Jerry, can the Cowboys beat the 49ers? I think he would tell you no. And so when I hear that answer, when I hear him, again, on Dallas radio, right? he's not in, he's not in San Francisco pandering to the locals, he is on Dallas Radio, 105.3 The Fan, down at uh, one of our beautiful affiliates down there in Dallas. He is telling you right now the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. They are the team to be in the conference. He is saying that because I think he is scared of the 49ers, and I think right now already, that interview was yesterday on Tuesday. I think even on Tuesday, he is setting up an excuse so that if the Cowboys lose on Sunday Night Football, he can circle back in the post game and on the interview he does next week, he could circle back and say, hey, look, we lost, but hey, look, we lost to the best. Right? If we're going to lose, we're going to lose to the best. That is what I think Jerry is doing. He is setting up the stage right now for an excuse to be had when the Cowboys lose. The reason why I think this is the case is because I am a lot like Jerry Jones in the sense that I'm an optimist. I always like to look at things with the glass half full. I always, especially with sports, always feel like I need to have something to hope for. Because otherwise, if I'm not hoping, wishing for something, I'm basically dead inside. 
Jerry Jones is the same way. You hear him talk about any sort of Cowboys team. He's always talking Super Bowl. He's always talking them up. He always hypes them up and overhypes the team. He never, he never tries to temper expectations. Right? That's not Jerry Jones. He never tries to downplay how good of a team he has. He always upplays it. Even if he doesn't think that team is very good, he always dresses it up in a way that has you believing this team is good. He is a master marketer. But I think deep down, he does believe it. He is someone, I think, that always is believing. He's truly a fan and expecting the best. And so now I think Jerry Jones is sitting there calculated, thinking, okay, 49ers right now beat our tail the last two years in the playoffs. We've lost the last two of them in a row. If we lose on Sunday, we lose three in a row, how can we dress this up? How can we have the sky not fall? How can we sit here and say, oh, you know, it's a bad loss, but we're okay. I think he's setting it up by saying, hey, look, we're going to lose, but we're going to lose to the best. The 49ers, I told you, are going to the Super Bowl, and they just showed why. We'll get them again in the playoffs, but when we lost, that's a really good 49ers team And we just lost to a great team. I think Jerry is saying that because I think deep down he knows his team can't match up with the 49ers. San Francisco is in their heads from the last two playoff games. I don't think he truly deep down believes Dak Prescott can have a big day against his 49ers defense. I think he's really worried. I think he's really nervous about this matchup and about the fallout after this week five game. But it's not just the fact, I think, that Jerry, by the way, is setting up an excuse as to why and if the Cowboys lose, which I think they will, and try to, again, dress it up as his reason for being scared of the 49ers. I also think he's taking an indirect shot at the Eagles. But again, by mentioning the 49ers as being the class of the NFC, by saying that San Francisco is going to the Super Bowl, Again, for me, I think that's Jerry Jones basically trying to dress it up because he knows deep down this team cannot beat the 49ers. But in saying that, I think he's also indirectly saying, yeah, we can beat the Eagles. We feel confident about the Eagles. Philly, even though they won the conference last year, they're not the class of the NFC. San Francisco is. I think by Jerry Jones pointing and really singling out the 49ers, I think he's indirectly taking a shot at the Eagles saying they're not the team to beat in this conference, and I think also by doing that is saying indirectly, yeah, I'm not worried about Philly. We could beat the Eagles, no problem. And that to me is equally, if not more flawed logic than thinking the NFC runs through San Francisco. If you're Jerry Jones, what belief do you actually have that you could beat the Eagles? Do you match up well with Philly? To me, the Eagles are a way better team for one reason and one reason only. Quarterback. Big moment. Who are you trusting more to get the job done? Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts? It's an easy answer. It's Hurts every day. It's Hurts every single time and twice on Sunday. I'm not doubting the Dallas defense. I think they are legit. I'm not doubting the Cowboys offensive line. Even with the injuries they've had, they're still really good. C.D. Lamb's a really good wide receiver. Tony Pollard right now has run the ball really well. The thing that always comes back to bite the Cowboys recently has been Dak's inability in the big moment to come up clutch, to come up big. That is what I think 
Jerry is truly worried about in the matchup against the 49ers. And he absolutely should be equally, if not more, worried about Dak coming through against Philly. You can't trust Dak Prescott in a big game to deliver. He's shown you now multiple times, and I don't even want to hear about last year they beat the Eagles on um, on New Year, on Christmas Eve, excuse me, with Gardner Mitchell, a quarterback. I mean, it's Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott. There's no doubt who you have more faith in. It's Hurts. He's done it. He's played well in the playoffs, and he's gotten this team over the hump in a very quick manner, by the way. If you're Jerry... I think you have major concerns about if your quarterback can do the same and come up clutch and big, and so far he is not. And that's why, to me, it's frankly insulting that Jerry would even put the Cowboys in the same conversation as the 49ers and the Eagles. They're not there yet. To me, if we're talking about the third best team in the NFC, it's not Dallas, it's Detroit. Because just like Jalen Hurts, I trust Jared Goff in a bigger spot right now than Dak Prescott. You could argue, and I would agree, the Dallas defense is better. Dallas defense is one of the overall best units in the NFL. Again, not doubting them and their ability to get a stop. What I am doubting, though, is the quarterback, when you do get those stops, to capitalize. We saw last year in the in the playoff game against the 49ers. The Dallas defense did a really good job of slowing down Brock Purdy, slowing down that 49ers offense, confusing Kyle Shanahan, and really probably having Brock Purdy have his worst game in his short career. But even though Dallas' defense played really well, couldn't get the win. Why? Quarterback couldn't come through. And if your quarterback can't come up big in the biggest moments, you're not a real threat. You're not a real threat come playoff time. And that's why it's even insulting Jerry at the end of that clip we just played you before would say, you know, yeah, 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, but they got to go through us twice, starting Sunday and then also, you know, probably the playoffs, hopefully make the playoffs. The 49ers don't have to go through you. The Eagles don't have to go through you. You are not a threat to either team. And the biggest reason is your quarterback. Dak is not someone you can believe in. Dak, to me, is Kirk Cousins. Really good regular season stats can have a nice moment or two in a big, quote-unquote, big regular season game. Come playoff time, when it's win or go home, you need a big drive from your franchise quarterback. I don't see how you can truly believe that Dak is the guy. The Cowboys have always been now in recent memory a really good, top-flight, elite, regular season team. Paper Tigers in the playoffs. So, no, the Cowboys are not in the same conversation as the 49ers or as the Eagles. Again, right now, for my money, even come playoff time, I bet you it's going to be the Lions we're talking about as the biggest threat to the Eagles and 49ers, not the Cowboys. But you going back to at least the original Jerry Jones clip there, him saying the 49ers are, you know, probably the team going to the Super Bowl, that to me is Jerry Jones Setting up the stage right now for defeat. Jerry Jones, in an indirect way, admitting, yeah, we can match up with them. They're really good, so I'm going to kind of plant the seed now on Tuesday that the 49ers are a really damn good team, so when we lose to them, we could say, hey, look, we lost to the best. We lost to the best team in the NFC. 
We'll get him again in the playoffs. I think this is Jerry indirectly admitting the Cowboys can't beat the 49ers. For an optimist, for someone who always talks up his team, that is a first from Jerry Jones. But I think that is the truth, and that is also correct. Cowboys cannot beat San Francisco. In large part, because they have number four. Speaking of Dak Prescott, and speaking of number four, I want to ask you this question here at 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Sunday night, 49ers-Cowboys. Is that a statement game for Dak Prescott? Is that a game where in which he plays well and the Cowboys win? You would change your opinion and outlook on the Cowboys signal caller. Love to hear your thoughts. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Again, at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. Is Sunday, uh, Sunday night, is that a statement game, in your opinion, for Dak Prescott? My answer, by the way, is no. I'll explain why when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here. Where else? But CBS Sports Radio. That is the number you can call to talk to me. Ryan Hickey with you here on CBS Sports Radio. What are we talking about? What do you want to call about? Well, we're talking about the big matchup in week five. Never too early to look ahead to the upcoming NFL slate. And that is Cowboys 49ers Sunday night football in Santa Clara. Jerry Jones was on Dallas Radio 105.3 The Fan down in Dallas earlier this week and was talking about and mentioning how the 49ers or his pick, or his belief of them going to the Super Bowl. Basically, indirectly, calling them the team to be in the NFC. I think for me, that is Jerry Jones admitting and kind of setting more the foundation of, we're not going to win this game, so how can we spin as a positive when we lose? It's, well, hey, look, we lost the best. You can't trash an opponent, then lose to them, and... For all, you know, if you say that's, you know, that team stinks, well, then what are you then if you just lost to them? Well, you're garbage, and if you call a team or say a team stinks, then you go out and lose to them. So I think Jerry Jones is trying to set the foundation of, hey, look, we lost to the best, the best team in our conference, and they are the team to beat. So this for me is Jerry Jones right now setting, or really maybe not setting, but planting the seeds, we'll say. Getting the thought out there early that, we're not going to win. But when we don't win, we can still spin as a positive because, hey, look, we lost to the best. Master marketer Jerry Jones is. That, to me, is what his angle is. But now that also begs a bigger question. Because I would agree with Jerry's assessment in the sense that I don't think the Cowboys are winning this game on Sunday. I think the 49ers are going to win. And in large part because I can't trust Dak Prescott in a big game. So that brings up this question I want to ask you at 855-212-4227. Is Sunday a statement game for Dak Prescott? Is Sunday a game where Dak Prescott can truly change your opinion and maybe have those doubters become believers? I don't think so. I don't think Sunday is a statement opportunity for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Now look, If they win the game, we can be impressed. 
We could sit here on Monday and give him praise. And if he plays well in the Cowboys win, he absolutely deserves the praise we give him. But in terms of changing an overall thought about Dak Prescott, I don't see how anything that happens on Sunday is going to change my belief level in him or in the Dallas Cowboys. Because it's one reason and one reason only. Playoff performance. Nothing the Cowboys and Dak Prescott could do, or should say there is nothing the Cowboys and Dak Prescott could do in the regular season to have me be a legitimate believer in them come playoff time. Because we have seen this team two years in a row win 12 games, two years in a row look like one of the best teams in the NFC, and look like one of the best teams in the NFL, and then come uh, come playoff time, flop. Flounder right in front of our face. So as George Bush would say, right, fool me once, shame on... Shame on you. Fool me twice. Uh, you can't get fooled again. I'm not getting fooled again. I have bought into the Cowboys before. I have drank the, the blue Kool-Aid. I am not buying right now Dallas. And I'm not buying Dak Prescott if they play well in a week five game. Because it's never been about the regular season for the Cowboys. It's always been about the postseason. And with this, last time I checked, being week five, a regular season game, nothing I see in the regular season because they have proven over time to be a really damn good regular season team, nothing I can see on Sunday is going to give me extra confidence that come playoff time, they are going to perform and change the narrative for the first time in a long time and actually live up to expectations and live up to what the talent is on their team. I just like it's it's the right. No one's ever doubted the Cowboys in the regular season. It's never been well. Is Dallas actually any good? Can this team make the playoffs? It's always been how good are they come playoff time? So because I have no doubts about how good they are in the regular season, because I have no doubts about how good Dak can be in the regular season, a regular season performance is not going to impress me. It's a what you do in the postseason. And until I see a changed performance playoff time, a changed Dak Prescott in January, not October, then I'll start believing. Then I'll start buying into Dak and the Cowboys being legitimate contenders. Right now, I can't. And that's why for me, Sunday is not a statement game. Sunday cannot change my perception and opinion of Dak Prescott come playoff time because I don't have a lot of doubts about Dak in the regular season. Like for me, Dak Prescott right now in the NFL is a top 10 quarterback. He's really good. He's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. But here, and just like another top 10 quarterback in the NFL that I think is in the same category, Kirk Cousins, there's no doubt about their ability in the regular season to come through and play well. They can put up the stats. They can win some big games in the regular season. But then, when your back's against the wall, when it's win or go home, when it's put up or shut up time, all the chips are on the table in the playoffs. Can you come through? Both Dak and Kirk have never been able to consistently play up to their regular season selves in the playoffs. So even though Dak, to me, is already a top 10 guy, or I should say because, in my mind, he's already a top 10 guy, 
I don't see how Sunday will change my opinion of him. If he plays well again, we'll give him his flowers. We will give him his just due and his rightful praise if they go into Santa Clara, Dak throws for three touchdowns, they win the game, and come out on top. And right now, you know, dethrone one of the two remaining unbeaten teams in the NFL. But in terms of actually changing my outlook on them, in terms of believing come playoff time, can I put the the Cowboys in a serious contender uh, category? I still can't. Because this team, the last two years specifically, has had the same formula. Play well in the regular season, shrink in the playoffs. Be a really damn good regular season team, collapse come January. I'm not going to have a week five game for me now be the reason come January where I'm going to buy in and think, oh, the Cowboys this year are different. They are a team I got to see it first before I can believe it. Not afraid to believe. Not afraid to go out on a limb here and, you know, believe in something before I've seen it. For example, to me, I think the Lions are the third best team in the NFC. And for me, if it's not going to be the Eagles and 49ers in the NFC title game, the team that has the best chance to spoil that is Detroit. So I ain't believing in Detroit, even though we've not seen it from this team, right? When it comes to Dallas, I got to see it before I can believe it. They have let me down, let a lot of fans down, let a lot of the NFL watch, you know, NFL fans in general that believe in Dallas, even if you're not a Cowboys fan, you've been let down. Because they continually kind of suck in, have you believe in, and then again, come January, lose when it matters most. So that's why for me, Sunday, not a statement game. Can't change the perception right now of Dallas um, going forward here. That comes playoff time. That comes when you actually win a big-time playoff game, not a week five game in the regular season where we already know Hey, you're pretty good. You're one of the best in the league. So that's why I'd love to hear your thoughts here at 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can also tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. In your mind, is Sunday actually a statement game for Dak Prescott? Is that a game you look at that could actually change your opinion of the Dallas Cowboys quarterback for the, for the better? I guess for the worst, too, if he plays poorly and you're a Dak believer, would that get you off the bandwagon? But especially at least, let's say, for the better. I think there are a lot of Dak doubters out there. With a week five performance against right now a 49ers team that has put him in the blender the last two years in the playoffs. 2021, the offense, and then they got a little bit of life in the second half, but again, we know how that game ended with the clock running out and their just horrendous clock management at the end of the game the chance to tie it. And then last year in San Francisco, that offense getting multiple opportunities from the defense, defense keep it a minute, and time after time, Dak and co. being unable to put any sort of drive together. The 49ers defense, again, makes sense because they're super talented, but they've had Dak's number. Does that change in your opinion on Sunday night with the entire nation watching? Sunday night football, is this a statement opportunity here for Dak, Prescott, and the Cowboys? 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. I don't know why also in a random note it took me this long to come to this conclusion, but it just dawned on me today as I was getting ready for the show. Coffee is a lot like beer. 
in the sense that for me, it tastes better in a mug. Here at work, we usually have, I guess they're paper cups, right? You know, paper coffee cups that you put some coffee in or tea in. I'm a big tea drinker here, but been on a coffee cake recently. And so every day, you know, have a um, coffee or have a tea in a paper cup. Never thought anything about it. Well, today, for the first time in a long time, we're out of paper cups. No paper cups to be found. Thankfully, we do have a few just Odyssey-sponsored mugs lying around in our kitchen. So I said, okay, let's use a nice clean mug. And I don't. I swear, I'm not lying to you. This is, at least for my taste buds, telling the truth here. The coffee tasted better. The coffee tasted better in a nice glass mug compared to a paper coffee cup. And again, for me, the same thing with beer. Love a nice cold tap and a nice glass. Not a big bottle guy. Not a big can guy. The beer tastes different. The beer tastes better in a nice glass compared to a bottle or a can. And so, again, I've had, I mean, I drink coffee every single morning. Maybe just because I have it at my, at home. So it's not like I'm ever used to drinking it out of coffee cups. But today, with no coffee cups to be found, having to go to a mug, which also is good to save the environment. So look at that. We're helping uh, Mother Earth here on this Wednesday. Coffee and beer, one and the same. Better in a mug than anywhere else. That is your random thought for the day, your random Ryan Hickey observation you'll get only where else, right here on CBS Sports Radio. When we return here on the show, we talked about Caleb Williams earlier in the show. We talked about USC a little bit in yesterday's show. I think Lincoln Riley has more pressure on him to get USC to the playoff than any other coach right now in college football. I'll explain why when we do return. Ryan Hickey with you here on CBS Sports Radio, kind of putting a bow on a big one here upcoming on Sunday Night Football, Cowboys and 49ers. Is it a statement game here for Dak Prescott? Is this a game that could change your opinion of of the quarterback and change your opinion of the quarterback in a positive way? Justin Nicholas does tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey number three, no. Even if he wins, it's meaningless. I would agree with Justin. This to me, again, with Dak Prescott, I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I think he's a very, not very, really good regular season quarterback. So for me, again, there's no test he has to pass in the regular season. It's all about postseason play for him and postseason success. So nothing I see in the regular season is going to have me believing and or changing my opinion because I know he could do it in the regular season. It's not shocking or crazy to see Dak Prescott in a week five game go on the road to San Francisco and win that game. Where my concern is, where my doubt is, and my non-belief is Dak Prescott going on the road to Santa Clara and playing well and winning a game in San Francisco in January. I think he could do it in October. I don't think he could do it in January. And that's to me where I really want to see what Dak is made of and if he could do it. That to me is where a statement can actually be made. I know he played well last year against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers stunk. Under 500 team. Defense is not very good. You did what you got to do. You took care of business. You can't have a statement playoff win be against a plotting team led by an aging quarterback in Tom Brady that, again, if it wasn't for being in a historically bad division, would be nowhere near the postseason. This is on Dak. And this is on Dak in the sense of you got to play well. Playoff time. Not regular season time. 
All right, we'll circle back to the Cowboys here and Dak Prescott, if you do think it is a statement game for him or not, at 855-212-4227. But I do want to hit on some college football here. Because I don't think there's a college football coach right now in the country that has more pressure on him to make the college football playoff this season than USC head coach Lincoln Riley. For one reason and one reason only. When you have a generational talent in Caleb Williams at quarterback, you cannot, cannot miss out on the playoffs or on the playoff two years in a row. I don't think it's a question or an argument. Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in college football. And it's been that way now for two years in a row. I just said the term before, but it's been repeated by a lot of smart football folks in both college and the NFL. Caleb Williams is a generational talent. We use that term. I think it's overused too much. But in this case, it is absolutely used uh, in the right for the right reason. He is worth that uh, that label. Like we were talking about a short list where if you look at let's just say the last fifteen years in terms of hyped quarterback prospects that are the closest to sure things. Right? We can never say there's actually a sure thing when it comes to quarterbacks going from college football to the NFL. But the at least the two closest we have seen in recent years have been Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence. Caleb Williams is on that list and in that discussion. In terms of the last 15 years, the three guys closest to the short, uh, to the surest things in college football transitioning to the NFL, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, Caleb Williams. And the first two names, Luck and Lawrence, they delivered. They delivered for their teams and now in different ways. Right? For Luck, I mean, look, he never made the college football playoff. He wasn't at Stanford when the college football playoff was around. But also, too, I mean, it's not like Stanford is, is winning a national championship. But he took them to essentially the equivalent for, Stan, uh, for Stanford's um, level. He took them to essentially the equivalent of a national championship game and winning an Orange Bowl and making a Fiesta Bowl. Two straight New Year's Six Bowl games for Stanford under Andrew Luck. Again, probably the best you're going to do at Stanford given their rigorous academic standards and how their football team has been, you know, been playing it and what their the bar is, the expectations for them are. So Luck did, I think, as, as good as he possibly could have done at Stanford. And Lawrence won a national title, played in two national championship games, and made three college football playoff appearances. Clemson absolutely got the most out of what is, I think, the, the surest thing in college football since Andrew Luck. They got a ring, two national title appearances, three CFP appearances. It's time for Lincoln Riley to deliver that so uh, that same sort of production, same sort of results from Caleb Williams. And right now, I don't think USC last year missing the playoff was on Caleb Williams. And so far, if they miss the playoff this year, I don't think it's going to be on Caleb Williams either. It's going to be Lincoln Riley. It's coming on Lincoln Riley because if you're Lincoln right now, the obvious weak point of your team is the defense. If they don't make a college football playoff, it is going to be because the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. 
couldn't stop Oregon, couldn't stop Washington, couldn't stop UCLA, couldn't stop Notre Dame. Defense almost, almost blew the game against Colorado last week. If you're Riley, you have to do whatever it takes, whatever it truly takes to ensure your defense is not going to waste a generational talent at quarterback two years in a row. So if you're Lincoln Riley, everything's on the table. If you got to fire Alex Grinch, do it now. If you have to go practice more tackling and just have guys run into each other at practice, do it. I don't think anything's off limits in the sense of being creative in terms of making this defense better. They have a tackling problem. They have a coverage problem. They have an overall problem in general. You cannot allow a bad defense to be the reason why the future number one overall pick, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and potentially back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner, did not have a chance to compete for a national championship in two years at USC. Can't do it. You cannot do it. Last year, Williams almost by himself lifted you there. They lost to Utah in the regular season. And then last year, they were ready to, to run Utah out of the building. They were up 14-3 in the Pac-12 championship game when Caleb Williams pulled his hamstring. Then was basically immobile the rest of the game. Now again, you have an early lead. You have to finish the job there. And USC's defense, I mean, maybe got one stop the rest of the game. Could stop a nosebleed. Caleb Williams was compromised, but that defense could not bail out their quarterback and even just get one stop. If you're Lincoln Riley, you cannot, now for the second year in a row, allow your defense to be the reason why you are going to miss the playoff two years in a row with, again, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in college football. Can't have it happen. That's what I mean. There's more pressure on Lincoln Riley this year at USC than any other coach to make the college football playoff because of how special a talent he has in Caleb Williams at quarterback. You can't spoil that at the most important position in all sports. Look, Mike Norvell, right after this two and two, uh, excuse me, after this four and zero start so far for Florida State, he's got pressure to finish the deal. Especially when you look at the upcoming ACC schedule for him, there's not really anyone else in his way that should derail the Seminoles. So Mike Norvell at Florida State absolutely has pressure to get to the college football playoff. Ryan Day has pressure every single day. I mean, figure out making the playoff. He has pressure every day to beat Michigan. But obviously also make the playoff as well. He's facing a lot of heat. I think James Franklin is facing a lot of heat at Penn State for them who have been the bridesmaid, never the bride, to finally break through and make the four-team college football playoff. And there's pressure on Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. Now that you won a big regular season game going into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama, there's pressure on him now to finish the job, beat Oklahoma, win the Big 12, and be one of the four teams standing at the end of the year. There was plenty of pressure on college football coaches. None, though, I think higher and more intense right now than the pressure under Lincoln Riley to get to the college football playoff with Caleb Williams. He's not getting fired if they don't. 
So there's no pressure in terms of him losing his job. But I think there is realistic pressure for him to where it's a massive failure. And will go down, I think, on Lincoln Riley's legacy right now of failing to make the college football playoff with one of the best college football quarterbacks we have seen in the last two decades. Got to get it done. No excuses at USC. Speaking of Caleb Williams, I heard some really interesting comments earlier this morning. Maggie Perloff, brand new morning show. Check it out. They are now our brand new morning show right here on CBS Sports Radio, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern on many of these same CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the Odyssey app. They had legendary, well-respected NFL reporter Peter King on the show. Peter King was in attendance for Colorado USC on Saturday, and he had a really interesting takeaway when it comes to talking about the NFL draft prospect of Caleb Williams. Take a listen to Peter King's take on Caleb Williams. At absolute first glance, I thought that Shadur Sanders was a little bit better at NFL things. And by that, I mean the really tight, quick, fast, 8 to 10 yard out route, the move the chains route that you have to throw in the NFL six times a game. He's really, really good at that. He's really good at throwing the ball and making things happen under pressure. Kalen Williams has a lot of time. He's got a great offensive line. He's got great tools at his disposal. Uh, He shouldn't be penalized for that, absolutely. But I just think in what I saw, uh, Shadur Sanders, uh, he also throws the ball extremely accurately into tight windows. I just think he's got a chance, you know, to make that jump maybe a little bit easier than Caleb Williams does. I think Peter King's comments about Shador Sanders and, and about Caleb Williams are extremely disrespectful to Caleb Williams. To ignore two and a half years of elite tape for one game of Shador Sanders, to me, is it's, it's frankly ridiculous. I think you're unfairly selling Caleb Williams short here. You heard Peter King's rationale. Again, the guy knows what he's talking about, right? Well-respected in the NFL community. But his reasons, to me, again, just they don't make sense and or, again, straight-up disrespectful to what Caleb Williams has accomplished and continues to achieve. Shador Sanders can throw an 8-10 to yard out route is one of the reasons Peter King just listed as an advantage over Caleb Williams. Caleb can't throw an 8-10 to yard out route? Guy's the strongest arm in college football. You see him, he can roll out off one foot, jump in the air, and throw a pass 40 yards down the field on a rope, on a line. He's the strongest arm in college football. He can make any throw on the field. So when it comes to making a prototypical NFL throw, which is a 10-yard out route across the field, Caleb Williams absolutely can make that throw every single time. Fitting the ball in a tight window is something Shador Sanders can do. So can Caleb Williams. The guy has completed 74.5% of his passes this year. Pretty damn accurate to me. Pretty damn accurate to me. So again, this is not to belittle or take credit away from Shador Sanders. Absolutely, this is not what we're doing here. But we just cannot, you know, ignore what Caleb Williams has done. He has been one of the best college football quarterbacks we've seen in, in the last 30 years. He truly is a generational talent. I don't know why that's being ignored. 
or overlooked. It should not be. When it comes to the, the transition to the NFL game, I don't see a weak point. I don't see a, a red flag, if you will, in Caleb Williams's game that has me worried about him translating to the NFL and having success. He's been in the same conversation as Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck in terms of the three guys that have been the closest prospects to shore things at the quarterback position. There's a reason for that. He's really, really good. And so, no, I don't think Shador Sanders is on the same level or status as Caleb Williams. I think anyone trying to say that he is is straight-up disrespectful to Caleb Williams. He's a legit talent. He is elite. And there's no doubt in my mind he is going to be an absolute star. Star at the NFL level. Peter King is tremendous at what he does. I just think in this in this specific take, I don't agree with it. I think he's wrong. Caleb Williams is legit. I have no problem transitioning to the NFL whatsoever. All right, when we return here with Ryan Hickey, with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Quarter poll analysis of the first month of the NFL season. 